Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is Brandon Allen, and I've got one simple question for you today to ponder as we talk about life. What is it that you really want? When you think about your life and the things that you want to do, what is it that you really want? And I ask this question because I do do a section for Wealth Factory in the Wealth Acceleration Workshop. It's called Make It Count. And Make It Count is the final section that we do on Saturday. And we talk about how do we make it count in life? What does that look like to really make it count. And when we talk about making it count, I'm talking about five specific areas that I look at to make it count. And one of those is financial, right? How do we make it count financially? What does it look like to be intentional with our finances to really make it count with our money? The the other one is spiritual. You know, what does it look like to make it count spiritually in your spiritual life? Uh, and I'm listing these in no order of importance in, in, in case you were appalled that I just listed finances first and then spirituality second. Uh, the third one is mental mental capital or the mental track. You know, what we typically use to create and, and utilize ideas to make businesses, things like that. The mental track. There's the phys- physical track. What do we do to take care of ourselves, you know, physically? And, you know, uh, the last one is... The social track. What do we do in life to, uh, you know, to really connect with people and to uh, and to really make a difference in other people's lives? What is, you know, what is that, you know, that, uh, you know, from the social track where we really connect and and build those relationships, whether those be relationships with your kids, your wife, your friendships, those kinds of things. What are you doing in those tracks? What are you doing to make it count? We only have so much time here, and I've talked to you about uh, some of the recent things that I've experienced in terms of just losing a friend to suicide. And, and it, I mean, look, I've, I've done this make it count talk a lot of times. And every, it just, life just continues to really set that in motion for me in terms of just helping me go deeper in my understanding of what Make It Count really lives. And I'll share this quote, and it, and it says it's by the Dalai Lama, but it actually isn't by the Dalai Lama. But it, it says, the Dalai Lama, when asked what surprised him most about humanity, he answered man, because he sacrifices his health in order to make money, then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health, and then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present, The result being that he does not live in the present nor the future. He lives as if he's never going to die. And then he dies having never really lived. And when I talk about what do you want in life, I'm talking about like, what do you do to take action? You know, and and, and are you the kind of person right now that's putting off certain things in your life and that you're going to do so until the day that you die? I mean, there's just going to be a graveyard of regret and things that you wanted to do, but you just didn't do for whatever particular reason. And if you won't pursue the things that are deep in your heart, the things that you really want, the question becomes, you know, do you really want it? And But I also think that there are some specific uh, challenges that 
uh, we run into when it comes to pursuing our dreams. And, and I think it's not always about, you know, whether we really want something or not. It's just, uh, what, you know, there's this element of the resistance that comes in and that is the, the essence of, uh, you know, this whole conversation of what is it that we really want and why don't we pursue the things that we really want? And I think one of those things just comes down to fear and scarcity and this resistance to pursuing what we really want. And, you know, maybe it's because we've had some bad experiences. Maybe we failed in the past. We've had people who, uh, you know, who have let us down. There's all sorts of reasons that, uh, you know, that, that we don't pursue things, but I want to share a few things. And, and, you know, I think about, uh, the, there was a Twitter account that actually got made into a TV show. Uh, and the Twitter account was called shit. My dad says, and it was this guy talking about just things that comes out of his dad's mouth, which I thought was phenomenal that he was able to actually, uh, recite so many different things that his dad had said that he literally had a Twitter account that was hugely popular that they literally turned into a TV show. Now, I think the TV show for all intents and purposes was a failure, but I want to talk about just shit that scarcity says to us that keeps us from pursuing what we really want. And so scarcity says this, investing in people is risky and you will put all this time and effort into people and then those people will leave you or they'll let you down. I mean, think about how true that is, right? If you look at someone who's been jaded in a relationship, my goodness, man, some people just never recover from that. And you know that because they always talk about that crap on social media. They're always talking about like, if you want a good man, then a good man will do this. Or, you know, yeah, you know, or, or from a guy's perspective, right? They start listening to Belle Biv DeVoe and they're like, look, everybody knows that you can't trust a big button to smile, right? Belle Biv DeVoe said this, it's true then, it's true now. Uh, women and men, they can't be trusted, can't be trusted, can't trust them. And, and so when we've been jaded in relationships, we, we decide to maybe hold on to that and say, look, this is evidence that we can't trust it. And look, what does this do? how does this relate to business and business ownership? We do this with team members. We get team members who let us down, team members who uh, don't show up the way we want them to. And then we kind of have a jaded perspective on team members. And we say, well, everyone knows that you can't work with millennials. Everyone knows that people today just aren't as reliable as they were in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. I mean, gosh, man, if we could just go back to the good old days, um, you know, where, uh, you know, uh, women couldn't even work in the workforce and, and, uh, you know, we had all this racism and everything. Gosh, let's go back to those good old days. Right. Um, and I'm, and I'm joking about that in case you think I'm serious, but, um, you know, we, we start to lament that, but the reality is, is look, there's good workers today, just like there was good workers yesterday. But the reality is, is we have to change the way we approach people because look, as generations evolve, generations change. What was important to one generation is 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 not as important to a different generation. And the, the best quality that we can have as leaders is adaptation to adapt to that different approach that we want. And it's not true that uh, we can't find good help today. It is true that we have to come up with a different way of approaching today's workforce to maybe connect and impact that workforce differently. So don't give up on that fact. Scarcity also says play it safe. I mean, my goodness, stay in your lane. Don't get too crazy. 
Don't do it. I mean, when I quit my job, I had people going to me all the time asking me, hey, do you think they'll give you your old job back? And, you know, I finally had to say, listen, I quit my job for a reason. It wasn't because I loved it. Because if I did, I'd still be there. But I didn't love it. And it's no disrespect to my old job. I just didn't want to be there. I knew that there was something else for me that was better for me, better for my family, and quite frankly, better for the world. And that's why I did it. And the thing is about playing it safe is that safety and security only gets you so far. And then you also realize that there's no such thing as safety and security. The business entity, the business unit that I quit within a very large bank actually literally went out of business two and a half years after I left. Now, coincidence, I think not, right? I leave, the whole thing falls apart. I'm just kidding. It really didn't matter. Um, But, uh, you know, if I'd have stayed, I'd have been out of a job then anyway. And so it's funny how we hold on to this whole notion of safety and security and our whole life we play it safe and we think, well, tomorrow, uh, you know, I'll do this because the, the heavens will align in a certain way and the magic unicorn will come and everything will be different. But there's not an ideal time to do anything. I mean, for goodness sakes, I started my business in 2008. What a stupid year to start a business. I mean, really, it's a dumb year to start a business. Um, you know, by the grace of God, I survived and I'm grateful for that. But uh, there was no ideal time. There was no ideal way or time to do it. I just said, you know what? This is the time to do it. If I'm going to do it, I need to do it now. And there's been a lot of valuable lessons in that. But scarcity says, hey, play it safe. Scarcity also says, hey, you know, who do you think you are? Man, you don't know anything. You're a phony and a fraud. And look, if you're being honest with yourself and if you're a, a human being that connects with themselves in any level, you have felt like a phony, an imposter, and a fraud. As a business owner, as a human being in this earth, uh, it's so easy to feel this way. And the funny thing about this, I remember a quote uh, you know, that said the, you know, the difference between uh, you know, stupid people and intelligent people is stupid people are so full of confidence while intelligent people are so full of doubt. And, you know, it really is true. I mean, I see, I run into some people who have just this false sense of machismo or confidence that they just don't think that anything they'll touch will ever go wrong. And man, that, you know, pride just becomes, comes before the fall. And we have to be really careful of that. But the the reality is, is look, if you feel like a phony, if you feel like you're not enough, if you feel like uh, you're inadequate, uh, get in, you know, guess what? You're in good company because that's how a lot of us feel at times. And there's times and I've, relayed this story, man, I'll drive down the street and I don't know what happens, right? I'll have a really weird interaction with someone or just something weird will happen. I'll get an email that just for some reason just brings out some insecurity in me and I'll be driving down the street saying, man, you know what? I'm not shit. My business is shit. I have no business doing anything or teaching anyone. I don't know anything. I should just go work at Walmart right now. And the only thing I'm qualified to do is be a greeter And I'm barely qualified to do that. So I start filling out my application at Walmart. And then, you know, uh, you know, I come to my senses and I realize that, uh, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I've got this thought, but it's not the thought that maybe I need to think. And look, if you're struggling with this whole imposter syndrome or these limiting beliefs that keep cropping up, meditation is such a beneficial thing for this. It really helps me to recenter these thoughts that come up and helps me direct that. But look, just because scarcity said that you're not enough or you're a phony or who the hell are you to start a business, you don't have any business doing it, just recognize that there's always resistance to the good things that you do. And that resistance is going to come again and again and again. 
and and kind of a a sister to this whole imposter syndrome is the 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 shit that scarcity says about knowledge and scarcity wants you to think that you don't know enough scarcity wants you to think that man you just have to have all this ex- external knowledge and all this book learning and if you have this book learning if you read more books you will be uh, right on your way to success. And I, I just saw this in a popular social media group that I'm a part of on Facebook, a pretty popular Facebook group for entrepreneurs. And someone said, hey, you know, if you wanted to scale your business, you know, what would you do? And so there were a lot of people who said, read books. And I was really surprised by that. I was like, what the hell are you going to read in a book that is going to teach you how to scale your business effectively? And not to say that you can't get good information for scalability from a book, but the way to scale your business primarily is to do it and to work through it and to figure out what you need to figure out along the way. And there's no amount of knowledge or preparation that's going to help you with that. Take action, get support. And look, if that support comes in a book, great. But if that support comes from coaching or, or something else, that's great too. But there's this fallacy that you don't know enough. But the real thing that you need to know is inner knowledge. And this is the thing that gets discounted. No one says, know yourself. How do you scale a business? Know who you are. Know who you are. Know how you create value. And know what you bring to the table that's so unique and so invaluable that if you spent your whole day doing that thing, then your business would be well Uh, on its way to scalability and growth at whatever level that you want it to be. But no one talks about that because everyone devalues inner knowledge. When I talk about inner knowledge, and you know what's the funny thing is, is I get this a lot from thought leaders especially. Uh, You get thought leaders at workshops and they're there and you start talking about inner knowledge, they start picking up their phone, they're checking out. And they'll tell you they're not checking out, but they're totally checking out because they think they've got that game mastered. Like, I know everything I need to know about my purpose, about how I create value. I got it. And I'm always surprised by that because in reality, man, I learn new things all the time that take my business mission deeper, that take my personal mission deeper, that just give me a new depth of understanding about how I create value and what the best way for me to create value is. And I've always got to stay open to that because it's always evolving and changing. How I created value in my business 10 years ago is way different than it is today. That inner game is so powerful, but when we chase external knowledge, all it is is scarcity telling you, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you don't know enough. Who the heck are you to think that you can run a business, let alone scale a business, because you don't have enough book education and book knowledge? And look, uh, are successful people voracious readers? They certainly are. Uh, would I encourage you to be a reader? I certainly would. And I would be a hypocrite if I didn't tell you that I, too, uh, have read a book in my lifetime and I continue to read books, uh, you know, to this day. So I'm not saying don't read, but if you're sitting here thinking, man, I don't know enough. That's why I'm not taking action. Cause if I just had a little bit more knowledge, I would do it. You are kidding yourself in that situation. That is procrastination. That's wrapped in a logical explanation of education, but in reality is just a false promise to yourself that if you learn more, then you'll take action. But all you're doing is avoiding the fear and the rejection that may come from starting something and attempting to create value in the world. That's the crazy thing that scarcity says. And as you think about what gets in your way from starting, think about what you really want, because I'm a big believer in this. If you know what you really want and you've made a a ruthless commitment, I mean a ruthless commitment to making this happen, 
you will find a way to overcome the things that scarcity say that you can't do, whether that is uh, that people will fail you, whether that safety is, is key, whether you're a phony or a fraud or that you know enough. You'll overcome all those limiting beliefs and all that shit that scarcity says to you, and you will find a way to make an impact for the world. But if you don't believe in that, if you don't believe in the mission, and you don't believe that you are called to the mission, You're going to let that stuff get in your way and you're going to always be stuck in the place that you're at and you're always going to be lamenting what could be. But the only person who can make this happen is you. So if you find yourself holding back from taking action with things that you know are in your best interest in a lot of different areas, don't let that scarcity hold you back. And look, money is one of the biggest areas that... uh, That creates scarcity for us because we believe in that safety and security and we think, I don't want to put my money at risk. I don't want to put my earnings at risk. I don't want to change the way I work. I don't want to change how I work because I don't want to mess around with my money because then I'll go broke and I'll lose everything. And, you know, this is people who have like $20 million in the bank and they're worried that, you know, if they make this one decision, oh my God, I'm going to lose it all. So I can't do that. And, and that's crazy. You know, scarcity comes in all shapes and sizes and all types of economic circumstances. But money is, is the thing that wraps this whole thing together, that we just let money get in the way of doing what we really want to do the way we really want to do it. And I'm going to share a couple of uh, final quotes here. Uh, you know, one of them is by Henry David Thoreau uh, in the book Walden. He says, it's never too late to give up our prejudices. No way of thinking or doing, however ancient, can be trusted without proof. So think about the things that you want in life, things about the things that you want to accomplish, and don't look in the rearview mirror and think, well, this is what's possible based on historical data, but look out the windshield and say, where do I see myself going? What is it that I really want? And look, I, I it's not that I love everything in the book Walden, but man, there was there's some nuggets in that book where you're like, damn, that is really powerful. And you know, those are the kinds of nuggets that can happen when you hole yourself up into a little cabin in the middle of a woods and you can't go anywhere. So uh, there's that. Um, now, uh, Stephen Pressfield wrote, wrote The War of Art. So if you want to talk about how do I break out of this and really create value, he said this, the more important a caller action is to our soul's evolution... Listen to that, to our soul's evolution, the more resistance we will feel toward pursuing it. So the bigger that you want to play, the more you're going to play in line with your soul's purpose and the evolution of your soul, the more resistance you're going to get. And that's going to feel wrong, right? And if we look, if we always trust our feelings, man, we'll never do anything because our feelings will always tell us, man, you know what? Uh, Maybe don't do that. That's scary. Right, especially if fear is something that governs us, uh, and I'm not saying that our feelings are always wrong, but look, our feelings can lead us astray. So you're going to feel that resistance. You're going to say, "Gosh, maybe that's a stop sign. Maybe that's a sign from, uh, you know, from the universe or from God that says, hey, don't pursue that.' But that may not be the case. You know what? What is it that I need to push through here to be on the other end of the truth? What does that look like if I push through there and and do that? And, and look, in any area of scarcity, in anything where, where scarcity is saying some crazy things to you, look at what is true. What is the counter argument to that scarcity? What's really true in this situation? If, if I think people are unreliable, how do I, where's the evidence to support that they're not? If I think that I don't know enough, 
Where's the evidence to support that I have just the amount of knowledge that I need to move forward? If I feel like safety and security is the only play, what's the evidence that I need to support someone doing reckless? And look, all you got to do is watch any movie of that's a true story, right? And a relatively true story, right? Because it's Hollywood about someone who did something crazy and overcame. Like I think about just even something simple. Like I was a cross country runner in high school. I saw the movie McFarland USA with Kevin Costner. Love that movie, right? He gets moved. Uh, you know, he makes a, he makes a bad choice as a football coach. He gets uh, the only job he can get is is in uh, you know a California town. Uh, you know, Kevin Costner being a white guy, he's in a in a in a town with uh, you know a a predominantly Hispanic population, and he decides he wants to start a cross-country team. He thinks, hey, let's start a cross-country team, and he does that. But there's a ton of opposition to that, right? Uh, these kids are working their butt off with their parents and fields and doing all these things. And and the last thing that people think is, yeah, a cross-country team, that makes sense. That's these kids' ticket out of here. And, you know, the funny thing is, is he, he persevered through all those obstacles. He got people on board. He won people over. He built the relationships that he needed, and they were successful and then it was really neat to see how their stories evolved and how these kids went on from that success to do greater success. And that doesn't happen unless someone is a catalyst for that and fights through the opposition to come out on the other side. So if you think, hey, uh, playing it safe is the way to go, look at anyone who's been successful and they've been put in situations that are not safe and secure and they had to fight through to the other side to become successful. And that's true of almost any success story that I've ever seen uh, that's out there. So think about what that looks like to overcome and really pursue what you really want. And I'm going to leave you with this final thought. In fact, if I were to come up with like a soul quote for my life, and I share this at the end of every workshop, it's this, and this from Albert Camus. And Camus says this, the only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion. I'll read that again. The only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion. I want to live life on my terms. I want you to live life on your terms. I want you to have your cake and eat it too. And I'll tell you what, if you hang with me, I'm the kind of person that will encourage that because I'm just crazy enough to know that that's possible for you. So have a great week, you guys. Thanks again for listening. If you've got questions, go to newworkrevolution.com. If you enjoyed the show, share the show. If you enjoyed the show, rate the show on iTunes. I always appreciate that. You guys have been really supportive in that. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.